Welcome to Franchise Fix. My name is Ted. Uh, it looks like I'm going solo today. I think uh, Andy and Zach are embroiled in some kind of controversy or a scandal or something like that. Not really. I think they're just busy on Easter. Uh, happy Easter to everybody. I'm pretty sure this is the day that Cap rose from the dead, broke free from the ice. Uh, anyway, we're talking about episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier today, so let's get into it. So, this episode opens with uh, the new Cap, John Walker. He infiltrates the safe house that we see in the last episode, where the Flag Smashers are hiding out, looking for Carly Morgenthau, and uh, he's really hot on the trail of them, so that's something to keep in mind as we go forward here. We then go to a scene where uh, Bucky ends up meeting with Zemo, like he said he was going to at the end of the last episode, and he goes to ask him... Who recreated the super soldier serum that they're seeing pop up with the Flag Smashers and others? Um, after this, it cuts to another scene where Bucky is talking to Sam and they're in some kind of garage. And Bucky suggests casually to Sam that they should break uh, Zemo out of prison. So at this point, it seems like Bucky's already met with Zemo and things didn't go well. Um, but... Sam objects to this. Bucky runs him through a hypothetical scenario, air quotes, of how they would do it and how it would turn out if he'd already broken out. And sure enough, we see actual scenes of Bucky doing that. So he's kind of trying to let Sam down easy as far as I broke him out, took, out, took my own initiative to do so, and uh, he's here. He's going to help us. So Sam's not thrilled about this, but the fun scene where uh, Bucky sends a note to one of the prisoners telling him that the prisoner playing chess across from him is actually going to kill him. So, you know, that he gets that as a distraction with a fight, and then uh, Zemo is able to escape there by uh, stealing a guard's outfit and uh, sneaking into different rooms in the midst of the chaos. So... After this, uh, when they meet up with Zemo, finally, they end up finding out that Zemo is a rich Baron, which lends itself to the Baron Zemo character in the comics. That's going to be interesting to see going forward. He grabs the uh, patented mask of Baron Zemo, the purple mask, and uh, apparently he's so rich that he has uh, this garage that they were in full of uh, classic cars and even has his own private jet. So, using that private jet, they plan to go to this pirate island nation called Madripoor. And uh, Zemo, in planning this, he tells Bucky that in order to enter here, because it's kind of a seedy underbelly of the world with all these pirate figures, that Bucky is going to have to pose as uh, somebody that he's been before but isn't anymore, the Winter Soldier. So, you can imagine Bucky's not going to be thrilled about that. Uh, we then see uh, Carly Morgenthau at a GRC resettlement camp, and uh, she goes into what looks like a makeshift hospital room and sees somebody who seemingly is uh, dying, and it looks like somebody that's close to her, so 
that's something to keep in mind as we go forward here as far as motivation for Carly. Uh, so then we see uh, the team of Zemo, Sam, and Bucky. They're entering Madripoor, which, speaking of Madripoor, I found out just through cursory research, it's a fictional island in Marvel Comics that's most commonly in X-Men stories. I don't know if that means we're going to get X-Men. You know, everybody was speculating that type of thing with WandaVision. I don't know. That seems like just kind of a throwaway place that they could go to because it was a seedy pirate underbelly type of place. Uh, the, the more I read about it, it didn't seem like it needed to specifically do with the X-Men and it didn't seem to be that it was a haven for mutants. So I, I don't know if that's really where they're going with it, but I'm sure people are going to speculate that way. So, in their disguises, uh, Sam's disguised as uh, one guy, I can't remember the name of him, but uh, he's in a very loud, snazzy-looking suit, and uh, he complains that he looks like a pimp in disguise, which uh, isn't the funniest line ever. I'm sure it got chuckles from some people, but the funny part of it is after when uh, Zemo responds, of course an American would say that this guy just has incredible taste, and... Uh, yeah, I, I really like that joke there. Uh, going forward here, they end up getting into a car that's escorted by motorcycles when they're crossing this bridge into Madripoor. And as we see the city of Madripoor, it's kind of like a giant rave. You see people with uh, firearms just walking down the street, uh, illicit drugs probably being dealt, and... Uh, while walking through here, you see on one side of a building, the power broker is watching. So that's something to keep in mind as we go through. Um, Zemo then has uh, Bucky attack a bunch of goons at a bar uh, to keep up appearances, essentially. And Bucky just runs through these guys. And uh, th there's a comment made about how easily Bucky is able to go back into that Winter Soldier persona. So maybe... The, the violence and the anger and the aggression from the Winter Soldier isn't fully gone yet. So after this, uh, they are granted a meeting with a woman named Selby. Um, and I looked up Selby as well as I do pretty much all of these characters who pop up, just in case there's any thread with Marvel Comics. The only Selby I could find was uh, a mutant member of the Mutant Liberation Front, who has the power to interact with uh, computer machine language. But this character, Selby, in the show is a, a small white woman who has kind of an Ellen DeGeneres haircut. Um, the Selby in the comics is, uh, from what I saw, a large black man. So I don't know if they're the same character. Maybe they are, and they're going with a different direction on it. But I don't want to assume that they really are, because that was really the only Selby that I could find. So when meeting with Selby, uh, Zemo wants to find out where this super solar serum is coming from and how he can get, how he can get a hold of it. You know, he's he's using the persona of Baron Zemo, who would be looking for the super soldier serum for himself, and he offers uh, Bucky as the Winter Soldier and the codes to control him that Hydra used in exchange for the serum. So Selby's thrilled about getting this. Um, she ends up telling him that a man named Wilfred Nagel is to blame for it and uh, that he is actually there on Madripoor and that 
some of the super soldier serum is there available on Madripoor as well. I looked up Wilfred Nagel, and all I could find was uh, in the comics he was originally part of the team that uh, injected Cap with the super soldier serum, so it looked like he was part of that research team who developed the super soldier serum originally. So they've kind of repurposed him for this show, uh, but we'll meet up with him later. So while meeting with Selby, Sam ends up on his personal phone getting a call from his sister, Sarah. And uh, Selby is really suspicious of this, so she's like, answer it on speakerphone. And uh, th there's a fun back and forth where Sarah is not explicitly stating what she's talking about. She's talking about meeting with the banker and everything like that and hasn't mentioned Sam's name yet. So Sam kind of plays off of this and says, you know, he's going to kill the banker and, you know, he's going to get the money, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to play up this CD character that he's playing when he's meeting up with Selby. It's only when at the very end of the call, she says, Sam, Sarah does. And Selby's like, who the fuck is Sam? Because that's not who I'm meeting with right now. So that's when all this fighting ensues. Um, Selby is actually shot by somebody uh, in the background. Nobody knows who it is, and then uh, they escape, and they, they even say that they're going to be pinned for this. So when they escape here, uh, they, they get shot up by all of these bounty hunters who are after them, and uh, they're escaping to the street, but they end up being saved by uh, a familiar character, Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Agent Thir 13, who has been on Madripoor, kind of off the grid, on the run, and, uh, you know, this is because of the events of uh, Civil War, where she has to help Bucky and Cap and Sam save Bucky and escape and everything, and they mentioned earlier in the show that she was on the run the entire time, so this is where she's been the entire time. She's actually been selling stolen art, she's kind of living it up here in this uh, criminal underworld, but... Uh, let's see. So Sam ends up telling her that he'll have her name cleared if she helps them. And she begrudgingly agrees. You know, like I said, she's kind of living it up in this world. But I think part of her does want to get back to the real world. And he uses Bucky getting his pardon as uh, evidence that she could be pardoned and forgiven and everything like that for all of this. So she ends up leading them to Elf or Wilfred Nagel, and uh, while they're speaking with him, uh, she's fighting off a bunch of bounty hunters that are after them again. Um, so Alfred Na or Wilfred Nagel, sorry, tells them that he was hired by Hydra to continue the Winter Soldier program. Uh, after that was disbanded, the CIA then hires him. And they actually have blood samples of a test subject with trace amounts of serum in their system. And at this point, my, you know, brain went off thinking, oh, well, th this must be Isaiah from the last episode because he mentioned that he was tested on. We do get that confirmed later on that it was Isaiah. Um, and then, so they ask, well, why did you stop making the super soldier serum? And why are you suddenly doing it now? Like, this was all five years ago that you're talking about. He says, I disappeared in the blip, and the program was nixed, because I was the only one who could do this.
So after he reappears from the blip, he says that he was hired by a guy named the Power Broker. So I mentioned that we saw the Power Broker is watching. So with that, Power Broker is a character in Marvel Comics. And uh, what I could glean from uh, a little bit of research was there are two Power Brokers in Marvel, but it seems like there's one that they're going with in this case. Uh, and the one that they're going with, he's this uh, CD character who provides paying customers with technological augmentations to enhance their strength. So in this case, in this show, it looks like they're going with the Super Soldier Serum as that. Not necessarily technological augmentation, but it's some kind of strength enhancement. So it looks like uh, that's how this power broker is making money and uh, continuing to hold power in Madripoor. He then mentions that uh, Carly Morgenthau is the one who stole the super soldier serum, and that's why the Flag Smashers have it. And he also says that he that she wanted to use the super soldier serum to help heal somebody close to her, and it it's assumed that it's the person that uh, she was meeting with beforehand in the hospital. And uh, this person actually ends up dying. Uh, apparently, this person has uh, tuberculosis which is apparently something that's common in these uh, GRC camps with uh, the over-inflation of people in these camps, both back from the blip and not. So, after they question Nagel, uh, Zemo kills him, and you can see the motivation there. He's totally against the super soldier program. He killed all the Winter Soldiers in uh, Captain America Civil War, so his thinking is... Kill this guy. Nobody else can make it. It's gone. Uh, now we only have to worry about the super soldier serum that the Flag Smashers have. So it's actually smart thinking on his end, but Bucky and Sam aren't thrilled about it. After he kills them, though, the bounty hunters that are fighting with uh, Sharon Carter, one of them ends up launching a rocket from a rocket launcher at the lab that they're in. And uh, after the explosion, uh, Bucky and Sam and Zemo escape unharmed, a uh, little dazed and everything, but there's a gunfight that ensues with the bounty hunters outside of that. And uh, Zemo, who's actually on top of these storage crates, uh, I forgot to mention that the lab is hidden in like a storage crate on a barge, it looks like. And he's on top of them. He puts his patented uh, Baron Zemo mask on and he shoots this uh, gas pipe that ends up exploding and killing a bunch of the bounty hunters and they escape in a car that Zemo seems to have stashed in one of the storage crates on this barge. Um, and uh, Sharon Carter is offered the option to go back with them, uh, you know, Sam says he's going to have her name cleared and, you know, come back with us, help us, and we'll have your name cleared. She says, you know, I'm good, I'm going to stay here. And uh, while she kind of escapes this situation, she's met with another woman, we don't really know who that is, in a car. And she says, uh, we've got a problem, so we'll probably find out what that problem is next episode. We then see a scene where uh, Carly and the Flag Smashers are... Uh, robbing this, I guess, camp encampment, probably GRC run, and uh, it seems like they're hoarding supplies, so uh, th they mention that these people are kind of sitting on a bunch of supplies. Uh, the Flag Smashers end up 
loading up their uh, trucks with a bunch of these containers of food and other supplies that'll help people. And uh, they've got a bunch of uh, people tied up while they're doing this. So in escaping from this situation, uh, Carly and another Flag Smasher get into a car and uh, she tells the Flag Smasher to uh, buckle his seatbelt really quickly. And one of the cars that's left abandoned next to this camp uh, ends up exploding. So she sets this off as a car bomb and uh, ends up killing a bunch of people in the building. And she even mentions that, uh, you know, violence is the only thing that these people respond to. And uh, so at this point, you know, we've been talking about in this series whether or not the Flag Smashers are actual terrorists. It seems like they weren't full-fledged terrorists before, but they're delving into that area now. Uh, it's kind of hard to say that they're not at this point. So uh, that's another thread added to this whole situation here. And uh, to end the episode, Bucky is walking with uh, Zemo and Sam, and he kind of uh, trails off behind them to go on his own little path here. He says he's going for a walk. And when he does, he finds these little spheres with uh, symbols on them. And he picks them up as he goes. It's kind seems like it's leading a trail. And uh, he ends up meeting up with uh, what looks to be a Wakandan assassin who's been trailing them. And it's pretty obvious that she was coming for Zemo the entire time. And uh, she even states that. That's where we leave off in this episode. So... To wrap things up here with this episode, it's really interesting some of the things that we get added here in this episode as we go on. So we get the added thread of uh, Baron Zemo, which is really interesting. Uh, you know, he mentions that he is royalty, and you know, it was only until the Avengers and Ultron uh, essentially destroyed Sokovia that he was royalty. So that's an added part to his backstory before he was just a special ops guy uh, in the military for Sokovia. Now he is not only that, he's also this very rich baron. He's got a lot of influence, and uh, especially in the seedy underbelly, it looks like, of the world here, uh, specifically this Madripoor island. Um, and it's probably going to help him that he has all these connections as well and all of this money that uh, they can just go from place to place to place, uh, especially with Sam and Bucky kind of being free agents and all this, like they mentioned in the last episode. Um, it's really interesting that we've got this uh, Wakandan assassin as part of this thread as well, so it, it makes me wonder what Bucky will do in this situation, because we've mentioned before Bucky has some Wakandan technology kind of infused in his arm now, he was uh, given refuge on Wakanda when he was being hunted by the government. And, you know, I, I wonder if he's going to have any kind of conflict as to whether he should turn Zemo into the Wakandans. Uh, because obviously he killed uh, King T'Chaka in the bombing of the UN when he framed Bucky for that. But... I don't know if he's going to say, you know, hold off a little bit. This guy's really important to me. He's going to be super helpful. I don't really know where this is going to go here. So it's adding another level of conflict to the series that I think is really interesting. And I, I think we're going to really enjoy that. Um, I, I wonder how they're going to be able to fit it all in in these next three episodes. But they've fit quite a bit. 
in the first three episodes uh, with this 45-minute-ish runtime, so I won't be surprised if they'll be able to fit it in here. Um, the Power Broker is interesting. This is a new thread here, and it gives us uh, some credence as to who was calling Carly. You know, Andy mentioned in the last episode of uh, this podcast that Carly gets a call from somebody who is seemingly po possibly a higher up above her. She seems like she's the leader of the Flag Smashers, but uh, Andy mentioned that there might be somebody above her. It still seems like she might be the leader here, and... Uh, you know, I'm just thinking that uh, it's mentioned by Wilfred Nagel that she stole the super soldier serum. So instead of the power broker being this guy who's kind of lording over her, it's more like she's being hunted and the flag smashers are target of the power broker. And I'm also interested to see what happens with Agent 13. Uh, you know, I've mentioned before uh, leading up to this series in our first episode of this a uh, little mini series of our podcast that she's billed as being a pretty big character in this, but she refuses the option to go with Zemo, Sam, and Bucky back to the States and uh, trying to, I guess not back to the States because they've been mostly in uh, Germany here when they're trailing the Flag Smashers, but she's given the option to kind of come back to the real world here and uh, have her name cleared, and I wonder... What's going to happen with her? You know, like I mentioned, she meets up with somebody and says there's going to be an issue here. So I wonder, maybe she's working for the power broker in some capacity. You know, maybe she only helped out Sam and Bucky because of a sense of loyalty to them. I, I wonder if she's playing both sides here because she seemed pretty happy with her position in this uh, seedy underbelly of the world here on Madripoor. I wonder if she's really all that willing to give it up. Uh, it seems like she was pretty happy with what she was doing there, but it'll be interesting to see in these next couple episodes here. So there's going to be a lot of conflict, I'm imagining here. You know, It's not just that Bucky and Sam and Zemo are hunting down these Flag Smashers, but we've got new Cap John Walker working in the background here. We've got this whole thing with the Power Broker. He seems to be the real big bad in all of this, but also, like I mentioned, the Flag Smashers are getting worse and worse as they go. They, they seem to be delving more into that, like, legitimate terrorist organization portion of uh, what they do in these last couple of episodes, so uh, that's kind of concerning from their, their standpoint. Yeah, to wrap this episode up, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was interesting to see this... Uh, Kind of new world this criminal underworld in the marvel universe i don't think we've gotten much of that lately it's kind of cool to see this kind of street level stuff that i think's been missing from stuff that's kind of iffy as far as if it's canon or not with uh you know jessica jones luke cage daredevil that kind of stuff dealing with like the new york city hell's kitchen underbelly of things uh, it, I still wonder if they're ever going to incorporate that stuff back in or if it really is kind of washed away from canon because it did have some connective tissue to the MCU movies at large, but it seems like they've kind of been written off. So I'm interested to see this kind of street level type of stuff where it's a uh, criminal underbelly stuff that like, you know, characters like Bucky and Sam would be more equipped to handle 
than say having Doctor Strange or Strange get into all. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes because even with these huge supernatural threats in all these movies, there is always this underbelly that's going on underneath things. So it's really interesting to dive into this. But I really enjoyed this episode. It's added a lot of conflict. It's added a lot of things to think about going into the next couple of episodes. I'm really excited to see how this all resolves. So we've got three more episodes after this. And uh, I imagine they're going to wrap everything up pretty nicely and uh, also lead into some other MCU material going forward as well. And uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, listen to the usual podcast. We're uh, dropping an episode tomorrow uh, when this one drops as well of uh, the usual podcast franchise flicks in which we talk about the Bill and Ted trilogy. I'm really excited about that one. That was a really good episode and a really good watch. Um, follow us on Twitter at franchise flicks. If you're interested in following my other co-hosts, uh, Andy and Zach, Andy has a Twitch, Darth Buckman. He also has a Twitter at Darth Buckman. Uh, Zach his Twitter is at underscore Zach Russo. You can also follow his other podcast that uh, Andy and I join him on called Sacred Jedi Texts. That's what it's called is Sacred Jedi Texts, plural, but uh, the Twitter handle is at Sacred Jedi Text, singular. Somebody took the one with the S. So fuck that guy, right? D-E-E-Z-Y. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for joining me and uh, catch you guys on the next one.